Abraham Lincoln in all his wisdom boldly proclaimed, From whence shall we expect the approach of danger? Shall some transatlantic military giant step the earth and crush us at a blow? Never. All the armies of Europe and Asia could not by force take a drink from the Ohio River or make a track on the Blue Ridge in the trial of a thousand years. No, if destruction be our lot, we must ourselves be its author and finisher. But Lake Travis, on the outskirts of Austin, Texas, had other ideas, whipping up the perfect storm of fluid dynamics, ignorance and bushlight, dealing a devastating blow to the neo-Confederate Navy. A&D fake news reached Captain Brent Terhune for comment. You know, I'm getting a bunch of calls and texts, so I figured it'd just be easier to jump on Facebook and let everybody know, but I'm fine, thanks for asking. Um, yes, that was my boat that went down on Lake Travis during the Trump boat parade, and I, I don't know what happened. I just think we had too many MAGA flags on the boat. I never thought I'd say that, but we had too many MAGA flags on the boat, and the wind picked up, the current shifted. I couldn't tell what was port and what was starboard. A bunch of other nautical terms happened. One thing led to another, and I was in the water, and I turned around, and she was gone. The SS Margaritaville is gone and I love that boat. She was my personality and them flags would be lowered to half mast tonight if they hadn't been lowered to the bottom of the lake earlier today. They had to fight to get me out because if I'm not going to wear a mask I'm damn sure not going to wear that life jacket they kept throwing at me. I just kept saying, leave me, leave me. I want to go down with her. Obviously, I'm, I'm here. I'm safe. I'm on dry land, and I'm, I'm still going down with the ship. So I just want to thank everybody for reaching out. <coughs> I would hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad yeah. oh my god no so instead of smoking weed i did smoke some earlier um but i have a little bit of rum left over oh. from a friend who moved away and wanted to give me the rest of their rum so that's my that's my drug You're of choice be a pirate. yeah i feel like one yeah that's fucking pirate yeah. jeff any uh any substances tonight or are you going uh you're going free on this one gluten-free you know, I, I, I meant to put on my uh, my PPE, my fucking full body suit and everything else right. and wander wander out to go get a bottle of uh, something or, or other. But uh, <laughs> I did not make that happen today. I, I did not feel like catching the plague. So are you on it? So, yeah, how do you clean and clean, clean and sober? How do you how do you um, prepare to go out in the world, Jeff? Is it extensive? You know, is it is or is it pretty simple? Okay, so I think this is interesting, actually, because yeah, I mean, is it like take chemistry, but you got to take one of those showers if you get sprayed by something? Yeah. No, I'll, I'll 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 tell you. Like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the show Better Call Saul. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I live in the, the state. Okay, so <laughs> his 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 brother his brother Chuck um, has uh, has in the first few seasons. His brother Chuck is really struggling with um, like electromagnetic like interference, and it's like a psychological thing. And and, and the show does like a really good job of showing like um, a sort of hysteria if he goes in any kind of area where he feels there's this electromagnetic um, fields. Um, 
and I mean, I'll tell you in the first couple months, like of, of the pandemic, like that's how I felt in terms yeah, of like, yeah. the, in terms of this virus, it was yeah. going completely out of my way to not even cross paths with another human, <laughs> which I mean, to be, I mean, yeah. to be honest, that's kind of how I've been living my life for like the last <laughs> eight years anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, um, but you got good but, at it. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, I mean, to be honest, like, when I, when I go to this, when I go to this, this, this store, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll bring my, I'll bring my mask, you know, I'm not wearing goggles. I'm not, you know, doing any of that. I've just, yeah. I've got my face covering, you know, and in my hands I'm carrying like antibiotic or I'm, I'm carrying disinfecting wipes, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's mainly a reminder just to keep my hands clean and anything I touch clean and, you know, just, trying to be sanitary, but I, I'm bit, but I mean, really there's a psychological element where like, I've got to like absolutely need something to fight, yeah. to go anywhere, you know, to go in a, sure. especially oh, yeah. to go indoors. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I am. Or I just send my wife. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I right. mean, she wants to go because she's like, well, the thrift stores are open. Fuck it. I'm going to town. But you know, I mean, you know, I live in a County where there's been 81 cases and then the County, like North of me, there's like 15, right. you know, and, Right, two deaths or something in the whole county. Um, so it is a it's a different mentality out here. It's a combination of ranchers and um, you know old hippies, and we all <laughs> if we're in buildings, you know we do it, but you know nobody's walking around on my property here um, wearing masks or anything like that. And we have visitors that come in, but you know we're outside all the time, so nobody's hanging out in the yurt when it's 150. So. Yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of my approach. But if I go to Silver City, which is ten thousand people, and I go into a store, yeah, I'm wearing a, I, I wear a mask, and uh, but I try not to go into town if I don't have to. Yeah, I realized like recently, how long has this been going on? Six months now, pandemic, yeah. right? Okay, so I remember at the beginning there was the promise that if everyone just stayed home, right, and did their their part, then it would go. We could we could squash it, you know, in a few months. Like, all right. And everybody, yep. everybody, everybody said at the beginning, all will be done in a few months. Just sacrifice the few months and be alone and quarantine yourself and shit. That was right. fucked. Half the population yeah. didn't listen. <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, and now we're at this point of like, like, I'm not saying I'm not cautious and I don't take everything mm-hmm. into account, but like um, there was a switch in me where I realized like I, I got to go do things. You know, like I traveled recently, which I was cautious. I was prepared for what I needed to do, but like, I wouldn't have, I would be too freaked out maybe like two months ago to do that, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think that that's kind of the point, like that we're kind of just so exhausted with carrying it that we're just kind of like, fuck, you know, what do we do? How do we live? I mean, yeah. is this ever going to go away? Like, that's a real question. Like, is this ever going to go away? Is th- are the vaccines really going to do what? You know, I know they're rushing them out to the to to market or yeah. whatever. But like, even then, you know, a viable cure it just seems so off. And um, yeah, there's just that that switch. I don't know if either of you felt that. Where it's like, well, we're six months deep. What the fuck are we going to do? Like, yeah, at some point you got to live your life. Um, and I, you know, I went to Tahoe in early July. I drove, um, but, uh, I pretty much just stayed with my family and we just went hiking, but my fam, part of my family flew in. So there was that, mm. um, I, I almost feel like it's sort of, 
you, you can control some things like Jeff was talking about when you walk into places or you don't have to walk right by somebody and you're, you're in a building and you wear a mask. But there's so many variables. Again, you know, it's like predicting, you know, the collapse of society. There's so many things that it's I feel like it's almost airport security. Um, it, it's some levels that makes me just feel better. Yeah. Um, but I'm probably eventually someday going to get this thing. Like I, I got the flu and I got everything else that came along and hopefully it doesn't kill me or kill my you know loved ones. But it's going to be like with us. I think kind of like cancer is and the flu is and it's just, It'd be COVID season maybe someday. Yeah. Fuck. Well, I I actually realized, I mean, I found I, um, my uh, my former partner in Brazil, she had the theory that the last few days that we were in Sao Paulo before I, we flew, before I flew out back to the States, that we got COVID back in early mm. February. It was a, we both got really sick. We had just yeah. flown from northeast brazil to sao paulo and that's like the biggest fucking airport in the southern hemisphere yeah. <laughs> right right you've got people, people flying from china and italy like right at the peak of their shit and they're flying into sao yeah. paulo it's just like all right and so yeah we had a, we had the similar symptoms you know we couldn't taste yeah, anything um, absolutely i had people that lived here that were sick they had this cough for like two, i'm not kidding two months a couple people yeah. on this property and just were not getting over it. And then COVID hit, you know, about a month and a half later. And then they're like, maybe I had it. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. And I think I'm doing this thing where I think about like, I, oh, you know, I don't, my, I'm, my brain sucks. Like, I feel like, like mm -hmm. I can't think as clearly. I don't know if it's just because of other things. There's a lot of like shit. Rama. Going. Like what? <laughs> like Rama. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could be the rum, uh, or or the Philo Farnsworth. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I don't know. It was, yeah. uh, but something, something's different. I don't know, and that's like one of the side effects, right? One of the effects of it is like mental fog and shit like that. Well, yeah. at the at the at the beginning of the pandemic, okay, and, and we're talking, and I'm talking now, like. Um, just days before the state of California um, shut down. And, you know, maybe a week before the state of Washington did, um, my mom had traveled to um, Disney World in Orlando. Um, she got separated from on the way back because she had she had traveled with my with my sister and her family um, from, you know, from St. George, Utah over there. And they she got herself lost at, at the airport and ended up instead of flying back to St. George to Seattle, she ended up flying. Um, she ended up in Phoenix somehow and flying back to Seattle. Okay. Now on her airport shuttle home, she was in there for an hour and a half or so with people who were sick, who had yeah. just flown back from Italy. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> okay. So, oh my God. Um, you know, so oh. as this is, as this is going down, okay. I'm, you know, I'm just like, oh my God, you know, like, for, like freaking out. And we both have, or we both had symptoms like of COVID, but it never got to the point where, um, you know, she, she could have gotten, gotten herself tested. Um, yeah. but she, you know, but, but she didn't, she was either scared or just hesitant to do it. You know, yeah. me on the other hand, like my symptoms were so mild that um 
you know, I wouldn't have been tested. I wouldn't have been, I mean, yeah. because I, yeah. I had like a, a little bit of like a, a little bit of a cough and like a, a dry um, sniffle, you know, and, and I yeah. literally, me and my mom didn't leave the house for fucking, for two months. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and we still have um, a little bit of symptoms, you know, from that. So mm. I, I don't know for a fact that it was COVID um, yeah. just that there's like a, maybe that it could have been, you know, but I still, um, yeah. you know, I mean, I had that, um, I, I think I told, I think I told you before, um, uh, I don't know, you made your trip out West Patrick and yeah. I, I, I had mentioned that I had a bit of a cough that I f- couldn't get rid of. Like, and it was yeah. literally, it didn't start subsiding until like, you know, three days ago. Wow. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, conveniently I, with Patrick at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I feel great, man. Oh, you're gone? Bummer. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see Sleva. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, man. Uh, that's, I think, I don't know. We all have our thing. I mean, there's no way to know. And I remember there was an article that came out. It was earlier on in the year when the, the thing hit. But they had, I, I'd have to look it up again to be sure. But basically, it was like scientists, researchers, whoever, they had taken stool samples from sewage in Spain, I think. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and the the stool sample was from August of last year, and they found traces of COVID in that sample. So, I don't know. Maybe it's been here for a while. Well, I mean, if we don't test. Yeah, we. You know. Yeah, we don't test. <laughs> we would have just never tested. <laughs> just two hundred thousand people would have went. It would have been like a mini rapture. There's a lot of clothes laying around. This is what the rapture actually looks like. People just right. die from a virus. Right. And they go to heaven. COVID R. COVID rapture. <laughs> Co rapture. Mm. Yeah. Starring that guy from Growing Pains. Oh. <laughs> fucking, what's his name? Charlie Kirk? Is that, not, is that his name or is that the is that fucking guy from Turning Point USA? Kirk, Kirk, Kirk Cameron. <laughs> I get my like weird writing dudes mixed up. They almost look alike. I get confused. I don't yeah. know. Alright, well, whatever. This is Alawake for Attack and Dethrone News. Once upon a time not so long ago, Tommy used to work on the docks. Union's been on strike. He's down on his luck. It's tough so tough. Gina works the diner all day, working for her man, she brings home her pay for love, for love. She says they've got to hold on, to what they've got, it doesn't make a difference if they make it or not, they've got each other and that's a lot for love, they'll give it a shot. Tommy's got his sixth string in hot, now he's holding in what he used to make it talk so tough, it's tough. Gina dreams of running away, when she cries in the night, Tommy whispers. Baby, it's okay.
Well, all right. Well, we can talk about something more dire if you want. You know, it's an yeah. option. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, there's no shortage. There's no shortage right. of. Yeah, we're talking about like you know happy musicals and you know the world's burning. So you know maybe we should talk about the world burning for a minute. I guess. Well, so <clears throat> I don't know who shared this. Was it our friend Rob or who was it? Shared this new article from Chris Hedges um, at Share Post. Hey, um, was it Jeff? It was you, Jeff, wasn't it? Was it you, Jeff? Doesn't matter. Somebody shared it, and yeah, Rob, Rob did. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I wanted to like maybe read if you guys wanted. There's just like a few breaks in this um, article, but I would actually there's two breaks. I was gonna just maybe read the first one and. Yeah, go ahead. Several paragraphs, and then I think that would, you know, because there's some stuff in there that I'm like, all right, I get what you're saying, Chris, and then there's other stuff where I'm like, I don't know about that. You know, it kind of creates a conflict in me. I'm like, I don't know. I don't, like, I respect you, but I don't quite agree with you a lot of times, you know? Like, he has that kind of effect. Right. So, yeah, this is his most recent article. Uh, It's called American Bloodlands. And he states, the tinder that could soon ignite widespread violent conflagrations throughout the United States lies ominously stacked around us. Millions of disenfranchised white Americans who see no way out of their economic and social misery, struggling with an emotional void, are seething with rage against a corrupt ruling class and bankrupt liberal elite that that presides over political stagnation and grotesque mounting social inequality. Millions more alienated young men and women also locked out of the economy and with no realistic prospect for advancement or integration gripped by the same emotional void have harnessed their fury in the name of tearing down the governing structures and anti-fascism the enraged polarized segments of the population are rapidly consolidating as the political center disintegrates they stand poised to tear apart the united states awash in military-grade weapons unable to cope with the crisis of the covid 19 pandemic and its economic fallout Cursed with militarized police forces that function as internal armies of occupation and de facto allies of the neo-fascists. The spark that usually sets such tinder ablaze is martyrdom. Aaron J. Danielson, a supporter of the right-wing group Patriot Prayer, was wearing a loaded Glock pistol in a holster and had bear spray and an expandable weapon or expandable metal baton uh, when he was shot dead on August 29th, allegedly by Michael Forrest Rennell a supporter of Antifa in the streets of Portland. A woman in the crowd can be heard shouting after the shooting, I am not sad that a fucking fascist died tonight. On Thursday, Renal, allegedly armed with a handgun, was shot and killed by federal agents in Washington State. Once people start being sacrificed for the cause, it takes little for demagogues of the radical left and the radical right to insist that self-preservation necessitates violence and is a prerequisite for victory. Violence is a narcotic. It fills the emotional void. It imparts a feeling of godlike omnipotence to the powerless. It instills feelings of comradeship, uh, <laughs> comradeship and belonging to the alienated. It gives to social outcasts crippled by humiliation and rejection a sense of meaning and higher purpose. It obliterates the despair that once defined their lives and replaces it with feelings of ecstatic self-importance and self-adulation, a state of being outside of the self. The world suddenly becomes a uh, mannequin, machination, 
that right? Machination <laughs> battleground between them and us, the forces of dark and the forces of light. When I wrote, war is a force that gives us meaning, a reflection on the culture of war after two decades as a correspondent in Central America, Africa, the Middle East, and the Balkans, I meant it. I have seen this dark elixir at work in other disintegrating societies. I know too intimately the rush that violence engenders, the overpowering lusts that seize a mob or armed unit when it destroys even human beings, and the heady attraction of suspending all personal morality and individual responsibility for the wild intoxication of violence. It is in the absence of empathy, perhaps the best definition of evil. One more paragraph. The words left and right, once violence becomes the primary form of communication, are meaningless. These are death cults. They venerate and worship death. The martyrs justify the murder of the enemy, including the detested voices that call for understanding, reconciliation, and nonviolence. To suggest anything other than the total annihilation of the enemy, and the enemy includes all who do not fully and uncritically support the cause, is apostasy. It is the dead who rule. Their voices cry out from beyond the grave, demanding vengeance and new heroes and martyrs to take their place. There are constant and repeated acts of remembrance for the fallen. That's it. That's all I'm going to read. Yeah, he's like fucking heavy, you know, always. Big big words, man. (sighs) Well, there was one word I struggled with. I feel embarrassed I couldn't say it, but whatever. That's how it goes. I don't know. No, I mean, I was like, fucking, I'm going, I'm like, thank God Patrick's reading this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. The old college try. You, you got it done. Yeah, I did Impressive. it. Thank you. Thank you. From. <laughs> I like reading things. It's fun. Um, yeah. So there's, I mean, I, there's a lot of it uh, that I really agreed with in a sense of like, he's really kind of, as hedges can do so well, like encapsulate the terror and the kind of, that feeling in the air, that doom, he kind of looks right at it and he like talks about it in a very particular way. It's very captivating, but he's, Mm -hmm. you know, he's very much against any form of violence. Um, He believes like the way he characterizes it in numerous writings I've read of his, including that book he wrote um, is that violence is this like toxic thing. It's a poison. And that once it becomes norm, it's a narcotic, Patrick. It's a narcotic, right? Yeah, it's a narcotic. He, yeah, he actually directly. I think in the latter half of the article, he like more yeah. goes into it even more. Like this is a drug that people like right. need. We we get off on it, like violence. You know, you need more and more yeah. and more in order to feed your fix. And and I don't know, I don't know. I mean, I am not. A, I wasn't a war correspondent. You know, he was in all these places where wars were happening. I I can't speak to it, exactly. but. Right. Is that really, do you think that, I mean, is that really what violence is to many people? I, I don't know if that's how people are dealing with what's happening in the United States, for instance, that way. And and I think his unfair thing where he creates a dualism of the right and the left, like they're two sides of the same coin. One's doing the one thing and the other one's doing the other thing. It's just the same. And I'm like, I don't think that's exactly what's happening. Um, and I think he's kind of doing that a little bit in that in that piece. I don't know what you guys think about that. Yeah, I mean, it 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 does. Uh, I don't know the criti- the criticisms that I you know have heard about about Chris Hedges in his work is that he he serves as a as a gatekeeper, um, kind of the liberal gatekeeper. Um, yeah. 
you know, to, you know, to the point where, um, you know, these are people who are going to falsely equate, you know, broken windows with, um, you know, with the thousand plus that are killed by American police every year, um, which, you know, in the, in the piece that Rob sent, um, that Giroux had wrote, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's about that. It's about how, you know, who defines violence, you know, who gets to say what's violent, what isn't, um, yeah. you know, so a lot of America views, you know, broken windows or burning cop cars like this being violent, you yeah. know, where, um, you know, a, a large segment, you know, all of the right and, you know, frankly, a lot of the liberals too might look at like the video of George Floyd, you know, with the knee to the neck and not see that as violent. They see that as he should have obeyed the law, yeah, um, yeah. you know, but, you know, speaking more directly, you know, to, you know, to Hedges and Patrick, you hit on it with, you know, he's been in war zones. He's been in the Balkans. Um, yep. You know, I mean, he's seen these uh, things up close and personal and, you know, where I'm seeing them more um, like in the comments section, um, you know, on, on Twitter or on any of these newspapers to where, for instance, he mentioned, um, uh, a member of the Christian fascist, you know, gang Patriot prayer, mm-hmm. um, where his, where, you know, where his death is being, you know, celebrated online by, you know, certain, certain folks among, amongst the left, you know, and, yeah, you know, I personally, like, I'm not trying to police how they feel one way or another, but the optics of that, you know, at least in my opinion, aren't good. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and another example, you know, that's Portland specific, again, um, would have to do with, uh, you know, a grifter named Andy No. Yeah. Um, Fuck yeah. yeah. And I, I, I believe, um, I believe you both have seen the photos of, you know, Andy No after he had a milkshake dumped right. on him. Yeah. You know, right. which he, you know, which he then turned into like a couple hundred thousand dollars, you know, from yeah. people, you know, raising money from people on the right. Um, you know, it's several weeks ago in Portland, um, there were members of, you know, of the left that, you know, were really, um, going hard after, you know, after an Asian man they thought was Andy No. Um, yeah. so there, there, there was like, it, it did feel like there was a little bit of this bloodlust, you know, this kind of this fog of war, um, yeah. Yeah. you know, but, to, but to, but to equate, you know, what the right is doing with their, you know, acts of political terror with, you know, largely what are acts of self-defense, you know, from, from the left, like those things are not equal. Um, so yeah for sure yeah yeah uh, strange a little strange coming from hedges i mean he, he did write for the times so it, you would think he would have a little more of a yeah there wasn't a lot of left leaning in, in that argument for sure i bet you know for me he's god sometimes i just read him and i'm just like wow that was brilliant and even when i don't agree with it all i'm like that was really <laughs> yeah because i've read a few of his books and he, the guy can just fucking write yeah but you know, I think I think what often happens is when you start drawing lines in the sand, you know, like no violence, and, you know, again, what the definition are we using? Um, you, it just eliminates the reality and nuance of nuance in what's happening because 
there are people on the left who are, you know, just assholes. And there are people on the right that we know are assholes. But there are also people on the right who have, you know, I think really good intentions. They just may not see the world the way I see the world. So there's this kind of nuance. But when you start drawing lines like no violence or, you know, it's a civil war and it's going to be, you know, the the left versus, uh, you know, the right, which includes the police and the military possibly. And um, I just think there's there's so many more factors and factions and, you know, and not everybody's on the same page that, you know, you think a particular group might be like the military or the police. Um, so I think um, what hedges where he kind of pushes me away a little bit and it is he has these hard lines that I think kind of sometimes you miss exploring the nuance of things. So. Yeah, he seems he's, he can be very like um, he's stuck on a certain way of thinking about these things. Like I was thinking, like well, this, anarchy, for example. You know, he hates anarchists, he, and you know, all yeah. anarchy is the same, and it's it, anarchy to him is violence. So yeah, it's another hard line he has. Well, I remember. <clears throat> I mean, if you all remember back in two thousand eleven when Occupy was a thing, right? He uh, he was a big part of Occupy in New York. Um, and then he wrote an article for Truth Dig, which was like the yeah. cancer of Occupy. And he's talking about black block anarchists, and they're the reason why you know yeah. Occupy is going to fail because it's going to bring on more. I don't know what his arguments were, but it's the similar kind of thing. It's like violence brings on more state repression. It brings on it's bad for the movement. It looks bad. It's like all of these things. We can, we can only engage in nonviolent action because that's. You know, it's about morality and ethics and all this stuff. Um, yeah, and I mean, there were but yet our daily lives are supported by violence. I mean, <laughs> that's the yeah, thing. right. You know, we're all surviving on violence, but I'm not going to be violent. Oh, okay, well, all right. Yeah, we make choices. I get it. Yeah, and he was. <clears throat> gee, I don't know if you all saw that too. I remember when this happened. He was challenged to a debate by an anarchist. <clears throat> I think it was from Crime Think. I feel like I could be wrong. <clears throat> it was somebody. Because crime thinks just I don't know I don't know who crime think is it's just a bunch of different people participating in it but it was yeah. some anarchist and they had a public debate like a public thing and I feel like Hedges lost the debate <laughs> I feel like he didn't yeah. wasn't able to yeah. hold his arguments very well against these I mean it was like years ago when I saw this I could be very biased yeah but, yeah you know I mean yeah. Uh, I think that, you know, I, I've, I've done my research into this. I've talked to many people about this. I personally <clears throat> don't want to be violent. I get the idea of things, you know, upping, you know, you up each other. It gets worse and worse. People reinforce each other. And it's like a feedback loop. And then it eventually culminates into violence and social breakdown and all this stuff. Like, that's a real thing. But to equate two sides as being the same is ridiculous, to say that what the far right is doing and what the far left is doing as the same is ridiculous to say that the far right is re I mean, certainly they're reacting to what they perceive as violence by so-called Antifa black lives matter protesters and people right. like that. They're like, they're burning down businesses. They're attacking monuments. They're doing all this violent shit. And it's like, how does that equal coming out into the streets with automatic rifles and tactical gear on, and preparing for a race war. I don't I don't see how that can elicit or that justifies that kind of reaction. Um, and where people are getting run over in the streets regularly, people getting shot, pipe bombs are being thrown at people, 
police are just kind of watching and standing yeah. by. They're not doing jack shit about it. Like, I don't know how these are equal, Chris. Like, <laughs> it's not the same fucking thing. What are you talking about, man? Sorry. Like, I know the the anarchists yeah. make you uncomfortable, but please don't equate them with these white assholes with assault rifles in the streets. Like, they're just not the same fucking thing. I don't know. Right. He, you know, like, I, I, I get where he's, where he's coming from in that um, even the most um, even the most minor um, act of, of vandalism is going to be you know recorded put on Fox News and ran as you know this these lawless um, <coughs> right you know anarchist and and whatnot but that said um, if we look at um, like the the early George Floyd protests in Minneapolis um, there was um, a white supremacist, a neo-Nazi, dressed in black block, you know, that was out busting windows. Right. You know, so it almost doesn't matter who it is committing these things. It's They're all going to be applied, you know, to the left, like, broadly, you know. And, yeah. I mean, we're, li- we're living in an era where, you know, <laughs> um, you know, where the right views Joe Biden as the radical left. You know, which is just absolutely absurd. Um, yeah. You know, but um, I, I mean, I don't know. Like in, in reading that piece um, from Hedges, um, it just, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I don't, I just, I don't know if it really grasps just how far gone, um, like the the fabric, you know, of of our. Of, of the society you know is and how how just how broken um you know things are they um, really are yeah. yeah i mean is it is part of it because obviously he's pro-state he's definitely pro-civilization um you know he he likes the system on some level not that he thinks it's working but he he likes systems is is my impression yeah. that you know he likes society he likes you know, uh, businesses, he, he likes the way the world's sort of running, but wants more justice. Like, but you know, he's not going back to the stone age is my point. Right. <clears throat> right. So is that part of it? Because he's kind of, you know, he's rooting for the state to survive because he's a believer in the state concept in, in that affects his writing. I, I mean, I guess his foundation. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I <clears throat> get this weird feeling that he's kind of like, he's kind of a communist in a certain way. Like, I feel like he mm-hmm. would be into some kind of, like, you know, some... I don't know. Because he, he quotes, like, Lenin and shit. You know what I mean? And, and when I when I interviewed yeah. him, he was quoting Trotsky. Or he's talking about Trotsky. Right. And I'm like, okay. Like, you know, I don't know if he's just really well-read, which he is. But, like, is he actually, Absolutely. like... Are these, like, people you look up to? Because I'm not necessarily, like, into those guys particularly. But, like, right. I, think he, I think he does believe that we need a state um in some capacity to function and he believes that if we don't have it and if it starts to fall apart like it is right now it's going to devolve into anarchy whatever that means right i think i think he gets that real feeling like that things won't work and i and i get it you know like i have that part of me too like i'm like honestly like i I had this I, i was thinking about this this is how i mean i'm 31 I had this idealism of my early, what my teenage years and twenties when I was reading political shit and reading history and getting into that. And I'm like, yeah, you know, anarchism, 
is possible. It's real. I'm reading about it. There's historical precedence to it. And even when you step outside of the Eurocentric view of anarchism, you got like, you know, hunter gatherers and you've got all these different indigenous groups of yeah. people that are living in, you know, I mean, they don't call it anarchism because that's just a fucking Western concept. They're just like, we just don't live without a state because we don't need one, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm like, yeah, it's possible. But I thought that Americans, U.S. Americans could be that too. Mm. And now I'm at like this point, I'm like, fucking no. <laughs> I don't have any fucking faith. And this includes myself, by the way, that I, I don't know how to do this shit either. But like, I don't see yeah. any sense of like, because I think what, what I feel in a lot of like, if when, when you go to other countries and when you talk to people from other places, like if shit breaks down, there's sort of this weird invisible net that everyone kind of feels with each other. Like, I feel like there's a real actual connection there somewhere like if the shit falls apart we will create communities there will be something that could form out of that sure. i don't feel that here i feel like we are really all on our own in a certain kind mm -hmm. of sick way and we have to really be diligent to find other people who don't feel that way and you got to really make an active effort to like be near them Otherwise, if you're just in any fucking random community in the United States as shit falls apart, it's not guaranteed that you're not going to be sucked into some weird right-wing fucking compound with a cult, you know? Like, it's like, I, I really do feel like this is not, this country is being held together by, like, tatters and threads at this point. And once it, like, really starts to even more deeply fall apart, I don't have any fucking faith in the ability of U.S. citizens, people born in this culture, to like actually know what to do outside of that, and I mean, right. I guess predominantly white people in particular, but yeah. I'm sure we can extend it to many other people as well. But that's my sense. That's why I feel like shit right now because everything is falling <laughs> apart, and I get why people want to hold on to what's hap what what we have because it's the only yeah. thing that gave any semblance of order to this fucking piece of shit thing that we call the United States. You know. Yeah. Like, what is this country but just a fucking blanket of violence, you know, that's just masquerading as a nation? It's, I don't know what else it could be if it falls away. So, I'm sorry, I just, I get a little carried yeah. away, but that's how I've been feeling the past week or two, particularly. Yeah. You, you know, okay, so I I did see something here within the last couple of days that was a, maybe a little glimmer of hope. Mm. Um you know, oh, fuck you, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, my, I, I can't remember, I can't remember where Mike said it because he's kind of a star. He's got a book and a YouTube show and he's got oh, yeah. all these other things going on. He's but a big deal, man. He had, he, he had made the comment that, you know, we shouldn't live in communities larger than where we can still feel, feel everyone else's pain around us. You know, to, to where we have that connection, you know, to each other and we're able to address it just on a real, you know, local level and, you know, and that we'd be much better off like that. Um, you know, as the as, as the West um, is literally on fire, you know, right now, um, <clears throat> about, I don't know, about eight miles from, you know, from my house, we had evacuations the other day. <clears throat> and, you know, in the in the typical um comment section of virtually anything on social media or um you know newspaper you know whatever it's usually um a whole lot of victim blaming it's a whole lot of just toxic you know shit 
Mm. You know, but in this but in this instance where um you know, people, their, you know, their, their farms, their ranches, you know, ev- we're getting um, evacuated. Every, every comment on the thread was, you know, how can I help? I've got a truck. Yeah. I've got this. I've got a, you know, a space for you to go. It's like, how do we get this done? You That's know, um, you know, so <clears throat> when, when I, when I see that, when I, you know, when I think about um, this, this culture of mutual aid, that's you know starting to spread and you know in places around like um you know i mean i do think it's possible to you know look out for each other and you know not not have such a hellish future to look forward to i mean it's gonna fucking suck you know i mean there's i mean there's no doubt with everything you know bearing down on us right now but um you know we are we are stronger you know in in these smaller kind of areas in these smaller communities where we can actually feel each other's pain and, you know, and, and have that, you know, sense of urgency to help, um, somebody regardless, you know, of who they are, you know, um, their political beliefs. So. Sure. Yeah. Well, I think I contradict myself because I, I don't, I feel contradictory things because I, I actually agree with you because that's like shit that I've talked about too. You know, it's like, that's possible, you know, I guess I've been yeah. staring at the the <clears throat> the nasty shit for too long. Um, I think it's skewing my view of things a bit, you know. Um, yeah, it eats you up after a while, for sure. Yeah, and I'm wondering how much of our perspectives are just coming from that, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh so, yeah, you know. I mean, <clears throat> the other day I was talking to someone. They're like, "Yeah, I haven't watched the news in like two weeks." I was like, that's nice. They're like, yeah, I feel great. <laughs> I'm like, huh, yeah. there's something there. Okay. Yeah. And why why the you know, why 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 not? You know, it's uh it's kind of Sure. We all kind of know where it's going, I suppose. I, I mean, and I hate to say this, but it's true. It it's entertaining as hell on some levels. It's just like, yeah. what the fuck is next? It's like, holy shit, you couldn't write this. Nobody believed this movie. Twenty twenty. Dude, have you guys seen speaking of you know pop culture references? Have you guys seen Contagion? That movie Contagion. Uh, is that the one with uh, Matt Damon? Yeah, he's one of the one of the guys in it. Uh, no, I didn't see. It. No. I. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I have. I have not. Okay. Well, I just want to. I'll just say it really quick because I think it's actually yeah. you both should watch it. I would recommend. It was made in like. Oh. It's probably ten. Yeah, it's ten, not that. It's not that old. It's about ten years ago, maybe. No. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe less. <clears throat> anyway, it's about like you know, if a pandemic were to hit the world, what would it look like? What would it be like? So of course, it's dramatic with acting and all this stuff, but it's it's actually quite like accurate. They did talk to CDC people when they made the film. They were like, "Well, what are the actual protocols if a contagious virus?" is you know as an outbreak right. or somewhere in the population so there's some things that are eerily similar to what we're experiencing now of course the movies the one thing that's super dramatic is the virus is way more contagious or it's yeah. as contagious but it's way more deadly like more when people die from like fucking seizures and the, it's just really horrifying how they die but like um you know it starts in china just like you Ooh, know wow. with, with covid yeah um 
And it's interesting because there's some, the parallels also of like, you have these experts who are like trying to convince cities and states and the government to basically start acting. And they're kind of, you know, they're a little slow. They don't quite believe yeah. how serious it is at first, but they do eventually step up and do it. Yeah. And then there's this character in there played by Jude Law, who is this oh. blogger. He's an online blogger and he has a, a thing where he basically is like a reporter, you know, he's an independent journalist and he's going to report, he's reporting on like government corruption and people keeping secrets and stuff. And he, he yeah. thinks that this whole thing's a big cover up and there's something nefarious going on behind the scenes. And he then starts selling this, like a snake oil salesman. He starts selling his own brand of like, of, of, of a cure for this virus. Oh. Right. And he like yeah. does a little video where he's like, Oh, I'm showing symptoms. I, I might die tomorrow if I don't take this. And he takes it and he's better, you know, and he's just starts selling, yeah. makes a lot of money. And I was thinking about that movie where even Hollywood actor, even Hollywood directors and producers, writers could not imagine a pandemic situation where the conspiracy theorist that was peddling snake oil was the president. <laughs> Not some fucking Yahoo on a Blogspot account. It was like the fucking president. The like, Don. They couldn't even imagine that, like ten years ago or whatever, whenever it was made. And then the other thing was like they finally make a vaccine at the end of the movie, and like they start doing a, a lottery based on your birthday. So like, because they don't have enough for everybody at the same time. So if you're born in this day at this time, whatever, you go and get a vaccine. And everybody's like, cool. Like everyone's on board getting the vaccine um and i'm like that's also unrealistic that isn't that isn't that isn't something that you know we would see happen <laughs> anymore um anyway it was just interesting I, I i think that would be a good movie to talk about sometime because um i was just thinking how you know you said like it's so hard to keep up with everything it's like it's entertaining you know it's like yeah. it's a fucking you know, pass the popcorn kind of thing um, it's so entertaining that I don't think any, like you look at people that were making sci-fi movies or dystopian shit back then. And it's just like, they were onto something, but they just couldn't quite conceive of the weirdness yeah. of what we're experiencing right now. Um, or when anybody has written about collapse or any other sort of scenario, like certainly they had their finger on something important, but no one can know how weird it was going to fucking get, you know? Yeah, it is. It, I, it, like worst apocalypse ever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just fucking bizarre. Like, it's kind of like, it's like, I don't know. It's sort of like a bad board game. You're like, this is just a waste of time. What are we doing? Like it's, it's sort of death by a thousand cuts all at the same time. Yeah. It's like a monopoly game that just won't end. And you just keep on oh losing more and more. You know, you know, really what it's revealed is uh, just the myth of human supremacy, you know, and how oh, yeah. we lived our lives as if, you know, we're yeah. not animals too, as if, right. um, you know, we've, we've evolved beyond um, being impacted by, you know, a, a pandemic, um, you know, but it's also <laughs> quite revealing just in terms of the, lack of science scientific knowledge you know here yeah. and 
you know, I mean, it was only a couple of years ago that um, like Neil deGrasse Tyson led, you know, a march for science, you know, yeah. because the, you know, the anti-science movement, you know, was so, so strong here, you mm-hmm. know, but it really has just revealed just how decayed and how thoroughly rotten to the core that the American empire is, you know, that yeah. here in the wealthiest nation that's ever existed, um, you know, I mean, <laughs> we've got, a, yeah. we've got our president telling people to fucking inject bleach and shove flashlights up their assholes. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. And vote twice. Verbatim. He said that exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I've got it on tape. Yeah. It wasn't me. I didn't say it. He's all, yeah. Ugh, God. It's just, it's, it's uh, <laughs> uh, I think we just get, I, I get over, I, I think what's the problem is, is kind of like we talked about with, earlier about the pandemic and like we're what, six months deep and we're now kind of at a point of like, this isn't going to go away. You know, like this is kind of like we're going to have to just live with it and it's just shaping everything around us in our life, how we live, how we choose to go about our day, how we do our jobs, like everything is being informed by it now. Um, yeah. And I think that that kind of happened in a certain way when Trump was elected because it felt really surreal that the fucking guy who hosted Apprentice on NBC was the president. And, yeah. a, and a guy, you know, that is just so obviously a con artist and someone who's scammed people his whole life and again, and I, I think what I remember when he was elected was a feeling of like, oh, the true face of the country is really revealing itself. Like that's mm-hmm. that's exciting, you know. There's something kind of exciting about that. But it's, I don't know. I couldn't even imagine the absurdities and the kind of things that Trump would have yeah. to. I mean, it's just it's it's like even with a, another president before imagining all the shit that's happening now, I don't think it would have been handled that well either. But like. This is next like this. next level shit. I feel like this is yeah. This guy is like um, a doomer's wet dream for a president. Like this is the fucking fast road to collapse if we can keep this guy around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know that, that's the that's the thing in my head. It's like you know I understand what the, what he the, the absolute terror and suffering he brings as most American presidents do, but he brings a unique style. Um, but at the same time, I feel like. We got our foot on the gas. Uh, let's bring this empire down somehow by just sheer stupidity. Yeah. <laughs> because, um, we just follow the guy with the hairpiece. Let's go. And, you know, and it's it's sort of that it's, it's, it all comes down if you're a doomer. You know, do you want the Band-Aid ripped off or do you feel it should be a collapse that's slow where we, you know, prolong things? But, you know, there's not real heavy amounts of suffering all at once just take centuries you know whatever right so right that's kind of the approach in, in you know i'm not a, i'm not voting for anybody um but i do think <laughs> if you're a collapse a collapsitarian and you're uh, rooting for it on some level trump's gonna probably get you there faster than uh than joe so yeah i i don't i don't know i i i mean i'm not in favor of either i'm not gonna vote either i don't really give a shit at this point i don't really see what the point is of voting anymore but um mm-hmm. i do think that there's this sort of thing where i mean who's gonna who's gonna suffer the most in a collapse scenario right. you know and that's the like i get right. that side of it like yeah let's just kind of rip the oh, band-aid sure. off but it's like 
who's going to suffer first and who's already suffering from a collapsing state. Um, right. And that's where the, you know, what Jeff mentioned earlier with mutual aid and everything. And, and that's part of my sadness, I guess, is a feeling that, yeah, there are these communities that are springing up, but that's what we need right now more than anything. Um, mm -hmm. Because, you know, we have to counteract all the fascist shit that comes up when a Trump like person is in power. Um, right. And so fascism is a part of the collapse scenario. Um, and that, that to me is what's so terrifying. It's like I had, I, I guess I just didn't imagine Trump in my wildest dreams when I was thinking of collapse scenarios. Yeah. Um, I expected a professional politician to be the one yeah. at the head of this thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it's weird. That's why everything's yeah. just off. Yeah. Like this, this guy, you know, he's the, the king of it being off. Like, and so it's just, everything kind of spins off of him and it's like, it's just, it's bizarre old world. Yeah, <laughs> it is very much. <clears throat> you know, one thing that's not um, talked about a whole lot is if Biden were um, <clears throat> to win the presidency and if, you know, and it's a big if, if Trump were to accept the loss. Um, right. Another big if. You know, these um, these attacks that are almost daily, you know, from the right, um, you know, in this in this thirst that they have, um, you know, for for blood, the blood of their enemies, that's not going to go away just because Joe Biden becomes president. Right. No. Like, these these attacks are going to escalate as the you know, as the collapse int intensifies and as, you know, the climate crisis and consequences intensify. You know, so what it what it what it does, at least in, in my mind and my view, is what happens if we have a competent fascist who isn't a who isn't a yeah, goddamn yeah. clown. Yeah. You know, yeah. what happens what happens if it's uh, Tom Cotton or Tucker Carlson or you know, or whoever in twenty twenty four, you know, coming yeah. off of, you know, four years of, you know, pain under under a Biden presidency. You know, what, like, what does that look like? So, like, mm. in my mind, um, you know, you can make the case that, you know, it's better, you know, to allow Trump to remain in power so that suffering happens on his watch, you know, to where that actually leads to a people's movement where, you know, it, it, it gains the momentum to, you know, turn the tide in the favor yeah. of the people. But, you know, that's pie in the sky at this point. Yeah. Well, I just think, yeah, it's like feathering the brakes a little bit, you know, with Biden. Um, Trump will, we're, we're kind, we kind of got our, we got our downhill going. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's nobody, it's, it's not like I'm rooting for this because it's either way, it's just going to be a shit sandwich. There's, um, you know, there'll be good things that happen along the way, you know, and we'll meet good people. But the overall state of this country, it's, one of you mentioned it's rotten to the core and it's, it's, it's falling apart in, in, yeah. in real time. Yeah. Well, I think Jeff, what you said earlier about Trump kind of, um, he's a clown, right? Um, but yeah, it's like you, like if, if, if we had a legitimate election in November, which is a big if, by the way, um, if everything, let's say everything the liberals think can happen, you have a fair election, <clears throat> Joe Biden wins by some margin. He gets into Trump doesn't 
try to take the office. I mean, like, you know, that's a real thing. He keeps right. on joking, kind of half joking, like, oh, what if I don't leave? Ha ha ha. Like, you got Bernie right. Sanders saying recently, like, we need to really seriously consider the fact that Trump might not leave. Right. Like, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's something to consider. Um, but let's just say everything goes the way it's supposed to in these situations. He leaves. That's again, Jeff, like you said, there's not going to, those militias aren't going to stop. They're going to view it as a big conspiracy against Trump because you got the QAnon people thinking he's on a holy mission to reveal some pedophile network of cannibals or whatever. And then you've got another four years of Biden or whatever, but like he's opening the door for a more competent fascist, like an actual fascist. Cause I think Trump, if you were to talk to him and set him aside, he wouldn't ever admit he's a fascist and he doesn't really have an ideology. But the people yeah. around him do. They have an ideology. And those people aren't going to go away when Trump goes away. They're going to still be in the halls of power. And I think that, yeah, let's say we do have four years of Biden. I don't, there's no fucking guarantee that shit's going to get better by any margin. <laughs> you know, like no. the actual things that people are upset about. What are we upset about? We're upset about, um, you know, the way uh, refugees and asylum seekers are being treated on the border and that's gotten worse under trump um that's not gonna be changed under biden he's not gonna fucking roll back that shit he's not gonna do anything like all of the major things that trump is doing with the institutions that already exist with the department of homeland security uh the state department department of defense all these things like all the things that he's already done none of those none of that shit's gonna get rolled back with a democratic president um and and like we've noticed when Trump was elected, he's basically just using the tools that were already given to him by previous administrations. So I don't have any optimism for what a Biden presidency could bring. I, I just see it as maybe a little lull yeah. in the whole process, yeah. you know? Well, the presidency is actually, I mean, it, surely after this is, is going to be looked differently on. <laughs> yeah. Because... Even, no matter who gets the job after this point, uh, because for as I've been saying to people, if Trump has done nothing at all, the, the thing he has done is, you know, if you had any sort of hope or respect for that, they're just not totally, you know, fucking us all the time. Well, he's shown that and just shoved it in our face. Yeah. And we're, you know, so at this point, you know, because Obama, you know, very polished, great speaker very intelligent um you know you're getting fucked but you know it's it's <laughs> you're like well it's, maybe it's not that bad but this guy just shoved it right in our nose and there ain't shit we or they you know around him can really do about it yeah <laughs> obviously <laughs> yeah you know just speaking strictly t to like ability to lead an empire Barack mm -hmm. obama was great in that role yeah like oh yeah you know yeah. he held the empire through that collapse in 2008 where you know yeah. the first thing he did in office was bail out wall street of course but you know right. as the as the head of empire he was he was fucking great at that you know yeah. but like i mean his i mean let, let's look at his roles um just in the 2020 election cycle okay like he's he's been heard from like twice the first time was when he orchestrated um you know before super tuesday um for right. I, I believe it was for six or seven candidates to drop out 
you know, and shift all those votes to Joe Biden. So Barack right. Obama, in a sense, gave us Joe Biden um, as, right. you know, as a candidate. And the next time he's heard from is to tell, you know, LeBron James and the basketball players who, you know, were going on, you know, going on strike to yeah. shut up and dribble. Yeah. You know, so, you know, I mean, you can. So, I mean, his like his role in this, you know, is I mean, it's pretty enormous. Like the. Could, I mean, could, the the entire mood of this country would be different right now. And I'm not saying Bernie Sanders could fix all that ails us, but the mood of the country would be profoundly different if it was Bernie Sanders uh, as the candidate going after mm-hmm. Trump rather than Joe Biden, who, um, you know, you alluded to his Paul, uh, you know, he said to Wall Street, nothing will fundamentally change, Yeah, you know, right. and, you know, and Trump on on several issues is actually running to the left you know, of Joe Biden. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, he's full of shit, you know, and he's this yeah. carnival barking clown, but, you know, he, he does have people who, you know, they like him because he's not a politician. They like yeah. him because he does misspell shit on Twitter. You know, they, yeah. you know, and I, I mean, I don't know that they love him as much as they just really fucking hate liberals. You yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. They, they love how much liberals hate him. You know, like it's that, that kind of weird reverse love thing. You know, you like a person because yeah. they they're able to, you know, piss off people you hate even more. You know, yeah. I think that's why Christians I mean, have kind of embraced him. You know, they're like, oh, well, he's going to get the shit we want done. So and it pisses off the people that we think are destroying the country. You know, huh. yeah. I mean, I had a liberal, a former colleague liberal contact me well not contact me it was just an exchange on uh facebook he said please vote please mike vote and i was like <laughs> like well you know what state i live in it's not really a toss-up um and yeah have you read my book i mean i, I you know you follow my work you're uh, you know you're you like a bunch of stuff you know what i think about how things are going you really think i'm voting but you know please well i've never had a please if you're gonna vote, vote twice, Mike. Do right. it. Do it. Papa Trump says. Yeah. Vote twice. Test the system. <laughs> Test the system. That sounds like a new hit single. <laughs> Spotify offers us a deal and then we become enemies. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. all have our own show. We're going to sell out. I think this is going to be a career maker for all of us. I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. We'll yeah. Use the money and get a cabin <laughs> Canada somewhere. And, right. You know, fuck yeah. you guys. You, you deal with the fascists. You deal with the fascists. Well, I'm just going to sit out here and make pipe bombs. <laughs> Homemade, homemade materials that will not be traced to you. Right. Just don't write a manifesto and get it published in a national publication so your brother can rat you out. Right. You know? That's the key. 
That was you know what I, I gotta tell you that sorry, I know we can go in a moment, but that story is fucking amazing. That that's it is. that's that's the thing that got him caught. It was just that one yeah. not the bombs. No, it was his oh. writing style. <laughs> right. Your pros can get you arrested. Jesus. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> good old, good old Ted. Yeah, Uncle Ted. Uncle Uncle Ted, uh, so endearing. God, we should all write him a letter, a group letter to the prison he's in. Patron Saint Ted. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't maybe that, maybe that can be done on the next show. Is we'll, uh, we'll oh. write a letter to uh, to Ted. What if yeah. we set up a correspondence? War guy. Yeah. What if we? No. What if we? What if we actually get in correspondence with him and we get a voice actor or someone to like play him and we can get him to like we can do like a reading and it would be like a, I don't know. Well, it, you know the thing is, I, I watched the actual drama series on Netflix, uh, Unabomber or whatever, mm-hmm. and and then I watched the the documentary on it, and his voice is kind of like this. And so. <laughs> When they did the movie, they didn't have his voice like that, which was a lot better because I couldn't take him seriously in the documentary because he was talking like this. 